the Bible Study Podcast, episode 380. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Psalms with Psalm 39. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Psalm 39 is yet again another psalm of David, and yet again is another psalm that makes me wonder whether David had some depression issues. David's going through a rough time here. There's two particular themes that I want to pick up in Psalm 39. One is the use of the tongue, and the other is how short our lives are. And Psalm 39 goes like this. I said I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth while in the presence of the wicked. So I remained utterly silent, not even saying anything good. But my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me while I meditated. The fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. And we'll go on to see what David said. But I thought this was interesting. David is watching his tongue, and he is watching his tongue as part of watching his ways, which is a pretty good practice. And there are certainly other places in the Bible, like in the New Testament, in the book of James, where we are told to bridle the tongue and that it is a difficult thing to do. And so David, as he was watching his ways, he's saying that one of the ways that he needs to watch his ways is to keep his tongue from sin. And I think that's a useful thing for us to think about because we've talked about gossip, for instance, being a form of sin. False witness is definitely a form of sin as well, and that and gossip can easily lead to the other since you don't know the facts half the time. And when we say the tongue, I want to extend that to everything you type, everything you say, everything you post online, that all of those things, the way we communicate with the world, are things we need to keep an eye on, as David is doing here. He's putting a muzzle on his tongue so he doesn't say the wrong thing. Even, he says, when he was in the presence of the wicked, even when he was someplace where he felt that he should speak up, he was afraid to speak up, even to say anything good in the situation, because David's tongue apparently had got him in trouble before. You may or may not have had that situation. My tongue has certainly gotten me in trouble before. Sometimes the tongue runs faster than the brain. That is a problem that I have had. I have it less now than I did when I was younger, fortunately. But sometimes we say things and then afterwards we think of what a thoughtless thing that was to say. Or hopefully we think about that rather than somebody having to tell us that. I am still troubled by something I said in high school. And I was just trying to be funny. I was just trying to be funny to a friend, but I said something thoughtless and cruel. And I didn't mean it in any serious fashion. And yet it still bothers me that what I said was mean and it was mean to be funny. So David, as he's finding himself, even in the presence of wicked, he's afraid to say anything good. He's afraid to speak because he understands the power of words. Remember, this world was created, the Bible tells us, with words. And despite what the old sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me, that is not true. With my kids, with my wife, and my family, we had a rule, an unspoken rule, which seems appropriate in this case, not to use words towards each other that were thoughtless. Never to call my son or my daughter stupid, even if I didn't like their actions. Never to say words to my wife that I would regret when I calmed down. And sometimes that means we can't have the discussion now. We can't have that argument now because I need to calm down enough because I'm about to say something that I will regret tomorrow. 
So David remains utterly silent, and as fire burns within him, he wants to say something, and yet he dares not. And when he finally does, he says this, Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everything is but a breath, even those who seem secure." Surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom. In vain they rush about, heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be. But now, Lord, what do I look for? This is the section that makes me wonder if David has depression issues. David realizes, though, that our lives are limited. And he realizes that we sometimes spend our life as if we had all the time in the world. And the old question is, if you knew you were dying next week, would you do anything different tomorrow? And hopefully the answer is no. Hopefully the answer is, I've chosen this life, and I do the things that I do. I spend time with my kids. I volunteer, whatever it is that you do, because they are worth my time. Because they are worth spending my life on. Or maybe you spend a lot of time on reality TV, or maybe you spend a lot of time reading the tabloids, or maybe you spend a lot of time that isn't perhaps the best investment. But as David looks at his life, and I have to wonder if he is not at this point older, he realizes how quickly it has gone. And he realizes, I think, that he hasn't always spent his days wisely. And so he continues, but now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. Save me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of fools. I was silent. I would not open my mouth, for you are the one who has done this. Remove your scourge from me. I am overcome by the blow of your hand. When you rebuke and discipline anyone for their sin, you consume their wealth like a moth. Surely everyone is but a breath. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for help. Do not be deaf to my weeping. I dwell with you as a foreigner, a stranger as all my ancestors were. Look away from me, that I may enjoy life again before I depart and am no more. Well, that's a cheery thought. David is dealing again in this case with guilt, it sounds like, guilt from his sin. But he is also aware in this section, as he was in the previous, of the limited use of wealth. Now, don't get me wrong, I happen to be a big fan of wealth. He talks about people who spend their days building up wealth, not even knowing to whom it will go. I think of the parable in the New Testament of the rich man who is going to tear down his barns and build bigger barns to hold everything he has because he's growing so wealthy. And he is told in a dream, you fool, this very night everything you have is going to be asked of you. That very night he dies. And where does his wealth get him? There are no, as we've heard many times, U-Haul trailers attached to hearses. And he also sees that everything that has been given to him by God can be taken back from him by God. That when God is angry with him, he can consume his wealth like a moth. And I think it's interesting that David ends with, I dwell with you as a foreigner, a stranger as all my ancestors were. And I hear in that perhaps a question of, can I be too complacent? As if this were all mine. As if this world and all that is in it were mine. And yet, it is the Lord's. The Lord will be here when we are gone. Our days are numbered. Our lives are shorter than we would like. And all our days are in God's hands. 
With that, I pray that you will put your days in God's hands this week. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.